0: This is Making Stitches, and this time crochet designer, blogger, and YouTuber Rosina from Zines and Roger shares her creative story with us.
1: Inspiration is everywhere. Um, whether or not it's a TV show and you're watching, I don't know, a popular TV program, and you see on the back of the sofa there's a blanket on there, and you go, I want to make that. That's amazing. I want one of those in my house. Um, or I remember using the example of wallpaper in a magazine, there's an interiors magazine and you see a picture of of this room and it's got beautiful wallpaper with massive blooms on it or something like that and the colours just speak to you and, and you just go right that needs to be, I don't know, it needs to be turned into a jumper.
0: Hello and welcome to Making Stitches. I'm Lindsay and this time I'm thrilled to be able to share a conversation I had a few weeks back with Rosina from Zines & Roger. Rosina, who's based in Devon, is a prolific crochet designer specialising in bold colours and more recently in items of clothing such as cardigans, mittens and cowls. I've been following Rosina's blog for a number of years now and during that time her popularity has grown significantly and seen her add a YouTube channel to her output. In her vlog she invites viewers to join her for a chat while they make their own crochet creations and in it she shares her latest makes and plans for the future. First of all Rosina thank you so much for uh, agreeing to come on making stitches it's a real treat to be able to speak to you after following your blog and and watching your youtube videos for so many years now it's a real treat
1: (laughs) well you're very welcome i too have been following you i think we probably started blogging around the same time so yeah about 2015 you've always always been on my radar (laughs) oh
0: well thank you very much for saying yes i appreciate it (laughs) Now I've got to ask you obviously you're known for your crochet and your design but how did it all start? Have you always been a creative person?
1: Always been creative and crafty. Never felt like I was particularly outstanding or good at anything but I didn't care I just enjoyed making stuff. Um, Whether or not it was getting all the paints out as a kid you know and Drawing pictures and painting things. If I remember the very first thing that probably went in a frame of mine. Would my mum, I painted her a picture of a ballerina. I thought it was rubbish and was going to chuck it in the bin. But she was like, no, 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 this is good. Let's frame it and put it on the wall. So it's always been there. My nana was very um, crafty. Um, she wouldn't say that she was a creative person, but she was a maker. So a knitter, a, a crocheter, an embroiderer, you you know, all those um, things, but they were probably more about make, do and mend rather than, you know, being artistic. So it's always been there in my background. And then, yeah, it kind of got a bit more obsessive.
0: What was the catalyst then that uh, brought it out from just being like a a pastime to being much more of a focus?
1: I think probably, and it's the same for many, you do these things as a child. And then as you sort of as you grow up a little bit, you start getting a, getting different interests, whether or not it's going out of your mates or boys or what have you, and then you just sort of you forget about it. I mean, occasionally I, I did things as a teenager, like I tried to knit a jumper and things like that, but I wouldn't have ever told anybody I was doing it. It was just when I was at my nana's house. Um, then you grow up, work happens, you forget it all, and then maternity leave hit and waiting for a baby to come along. Oh, my God, I'm just going to take up these curtains oh that chair needs recovering and then all of a sudden you start remembering that you have had this creativity in you and and it kind of sparked from that and then my baby was born he got loads of gifts that were handmade from friends and family I felt kind of not guilty but I wanted to make him something from me and so I I remembered you know oh I my nana tried to teach me how to crochet when I was little. I wonder if I could do it now. And so, yeah, I learned how to crochet.
0: And what was that like <laughs> as a grown-up, learning how to crochet, compared to when you were a child? Did you find it harder?
1: No, easier, because as a child, my nana had rules about when she was teaching me, there were rules you had to follow, and I didn't like those rules. So as an adult... I could throw those rules out of the window and I didn't care about rules. I like breaking them. I don't want to follow them. And so actually it's so much easier as an adult learning a new craft. Um, you've not got anybody breathing over your shoulder trying to teach you the way they would do it. So actually I did it at my own pace, took my sweet time uh, with the help of YouTube, with the help of some very, very beginner books and, um, learn
0: how to do it I have to agree with you actually because my gran taught me how to crochet as a child and then I kind of forgot it and when I came to back came back to it later on in life and with the joy of being able to watch YouTube videos and have things broken down each step as you do it it was only when I crocheted in front of a friend of mine who is a crochet teacher and she sat there and she looked at me and she said what are you doing and now the finished article looked the same as what she was producing but how i did it and how i hold my hook are completely wrong apparently but there yeah it, it,
1: it yeah <laughs> it kind of makes me cross actually because how many people have been deterred from a strict teacher because they weren't holding it i don't you are holding it knife hold instead of pen hold or vice versa. Like it's going to make a difference.
0: You can't tell. <laughs> the blanket at the end of the day, it looks the same as everybody else's. It's just how you get there that's different, isn't it? Absolutely. So you um, are a prolific designer. Almost every time I look on Instagram, there is a new design, a new cowl or a blanket or a <laughs> bag. So or sorry. <laughs> I don't know how you do it. Where do you get your inspiration from?
1: Oh, I I don't know, because it's, you can't, I don't think that's something that you can put a a label on, almost. Um, I get asked that question the most, um, and then I never know how to answer it, because it's everywhere. Inspiration is everywhere. Um, Whether or not it's a TV show and you're watching I don't know, a popular TV programme and you see on the back of the sofa there's a blanket on there and you go, I want to make that, that's amazing I want one of those in my house um, or you see, I don't, I remember using the example of wallpaper in a magazine, there's a, a, an interiors magazine and you see a picture of, of, of this room and it's got beautiful wallpaper with massive blooms on it or something like that and the colours just speak to you and, and you just go right, that needs to be, I don't know it needs to be turned into a jumper or I don't know. We're all we're all influenced by the same trends, the way I see it. So uh, we're steeped in it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, we're just absorbing stuff all the time, I guess, aren't we?
1: Yes. So whether or not it's um, yeah, somebody wearing something on TV, like the Sarah Lund jumper, for goodness' sake, I still the Icelandic Fair Isle jumper. Um, that was popular about 10 years ago, it's still there in my mind, and I still have that as my inspiration for maybe one day a crochet design. Um, Or even, I don't know, what else? Architectural shapes, they become a geometric blanket, for example, just just like seeing some sort of uh, building, I don't know, it could be like a 1920s style building, and all of a sudden, the shapes come together and I'm going to chuck them onto a, onto a graph and make them into a crochet blanket. Yeah,
0: I guess you've just got to keep your eyes open all the time and just just be on the lookout for just something amazing that's going to spark you off on a different direction.
1: Absolutely. And you won't even notice when it's happened. You know, you're not necessarily deliberately looking for it, but you'll see it and you'll go, right, that's it. That's That's the thing.
0: Now we fast-forwarded straight on to design. I've got to ask you, you, you know, you, you said that when you went on maternity, that's when you really got into your crochet. But at what point did you stop just wanting to make things for your nearest and dearest and to have in the house and then to share your designs with the wider, the wider world, really?
1: I think it was probably quite a gradual process. So I don't know if there was any one point. Just that you, it was pretty early on that I knew I just wanted to not do it like the way I was told to do it. I want to do it, I'm, why not try it this way instead? I'm just trying to think now, because my son, who I made the baby blanket for, he's going to be 12 in a couple of months. So it's a long time. And I just, I wonder at what point, for the very first time, I went, no, uh, I'm going to write down my own honestly it's just such a blur i can't really remember as i said it's a gradual process so you just like it's never a, an actual decision is it it just it is evolution yeah <laughs> the evolution so. of a crocheter
0: <laughs> <laughs> like a butterfly <laughs> yeah why not <laughs> <laughs> what do you think it is about crochet that made you fall in love with it so much because clearly it's a passion of yours
1: Um, I honestly do not have the foggiest, other than that, I just took to it. Um, At first, you have that kind of frustrations, but I can't do it, my stitches are too tight, they're too loose, they're not working, what, is that the end of the row? No, it's not, ah, and then all of a sudden, you can, it twigs and you go, oh, I've got it, and as soon as I got it, I knew I loved it, I must have known I loved it before then as well, to persevere um i think probably things like i don't know it's just easy i find it e- i find it easy not necessarily everybody does i find it easier than knitting for example which i can do but it just doesn't speak to me in the same way there's just it's just such a diversity to it you can do so many different things and it doesn't i don't think people give it enough credit for that at all no, but I, I find that I find that what if what could I do differently how can I make these changes I find that addictive as well so it's not just crochet it's the things you can do with it and its possibilities that kind of make you try that one step further
0: yeah i mean I guess. so many people on the outside who haven't been bewitched by crochet yet <laughs> I think they see it as a very kind of old fuddy-duddy kind of craft it's granny square blankets which I love but that's just kind of all they see whereas there are, so, it's just it's so diverse isn't it the techniques mm-hmm. and the effects you can get from from lace right up to huge chunky great big pieces of furniture almost you can create with creation. Exactly. it's you know the exactly exactly li- the limit is your own imagination really isn't it
1: Exactly, and like you said, I mean, I am not going to knock the granny square because, oh I mean, she is queen.
0: Absolutely. But,
1: um, it's not just the granny square. You need to see beyond that, and I think sometimes people just don't bother looking further, and they've, they've made their assumptions already, and that, I don't know, that's it. Or, or actually, if anything's a bit fancier, they just probably go, oh, that's knitting. Yeah. <laughs> they don't actually realise it's crochet, so they don't realise they don't uh, give crochet the credit that it's due. So,
0: yeah. Oh, we've got to champion the hook, haven't we?
1: Yes, we need to champion hook, <laughs> and I, I am—I'm very much up for that fight <laughs> and that that challenge. Absolutely.
0: I, I had a quick look on your blog, and and you offered a few years ago now actually a really useful blog post about how you became a crochet designer yourself and any advice for anybody who was thinking of following the same route <clears throat> in it you mentioned that you'd approached several crochet magazines sent them some ideas and uh, and and obviously that worked for you because your your work's been featured in quite a few crochet magazines now and it's it's obviously moved on a level what would that advice still stand for anybody who might be listening who's thinking of following your route
1: yes i think so for the most part but i did i did do um an interview with somebody else recently i don't know if you wanted to to share it or not it's with um a designer called Heather from HG Designs and she asked me about the process and so we did a whole YouTube uh, video on it. And for that, I reread that old blog post and for the most part, it stands up, uh, you know, I mean, that's how I started, so that hasn't changed. But basically, if if somebody wanted to become a crochet designer, uh, then just do it. I know, maybe that sounds really... (laughs) Duh, but... Mm -hmm. Um, I think one day I just thought I'm tired of thinking what if and just do it and I just went right okay who who are these people who do I contact who do I get in touch with to to make myself know because at that time I you know I didn't have a massive following or anything like that I just knew that this is what I wanted to do I I loved it that much I was just like for once in my life, I'm just going to be brave and I'm going to email these people and I'm going to tell them that I, I am here and I want to do this. Uh, but the one thing I did do was make sure that I had some ideas to broach them with. You know, I I wasn't just going to say, I'm a designer, can I design for you? I was going to say, I have designed these items. Do you like them? Would you like to feature them in your magazine? I had, therefore, something to show them. And I wanted as well for it to be Sassy and decent and something I was proud of because there's no point submitting anything that you're just like, oh, that'll do. That's Mm. not the point at all. You have to love it and be proud of it. It's going to be in a magazine potentially, for goodness sake. So it's got to be good. Um, And so I I emailed them photographs and I think I emailed three or four different publishers just by literally open up the front of a magazine and it's got all the details of everybody in it. But it's a bit different now because social media, I mean, this is 2016 and I wasn't Instagram savvy then at all. And so I did go to the actual hard copies of the magazines and just get the contact details from people. And I emailed them and then one of them got back to me and said, yes, we'll feature those. Yeah, no problem. So I was like, brilliant. <laughs> oh, my God, that's amazing. And I was on cloud nine.
0: so it's just be brave i mean i I can completely identify with that i I spent ages thinking about doing a blog and then doing the podcast as well and then sometimes you just have to think oh nobody else is going to do it for you you've just got to have a go haven't you
1: exactly and that's that's the thing with everybody that's doing something at one stage or another they had to go oh man i've just got to do this (laughs) (laughs) what's the worst that could happen right exactly exactly
0: now speaking of magazines I noticed you're involved in a new magazine that's going to be coming out later on this year Moritz I wonder if you could tell me a bit about that it sounds very exciting
1: um I'll try but um I, I don't want to take anything away from Alison who is the the creator of this absolutely amazing magazine. Um, but she came she came to me um, at some point last year and said, I've got this idea. And it wasn't just me. There was there's a group of us that get together um, just to sort of chat to each other and support each other and stuff like that. And she came to the group to say, I've got this idea. What do you reckon? And we were just like, oh, my God. Yes, you've got to do this thing. <laughs> um, Alison is, has a, a master's degree in publishing, so she's the perfect person to to start this magazine Um, and also she is a crochet enthusiast and fed up of seeing all the fancy um, sort of high-end knitting magazines she said where are the crochet magazines and it was the case of exactly the same thing that you've just said of um, if not me you know who's I may as well do it because nobody else is going to Well, that's how it seems. And I think that that was her kind of, um, her way of looking at it as well. So in September, there will be issue one of Morit magazine hitting the shelves. It'll also be digital too. So uh, if anybody wants a hard copy, anybody wants a digital copy, it's there. Uh, But it will be, I guess, sort of 10 to 12 crochet designs. Uh, twice a year it'll be initially I think but I don't know what the plans are you'll have to ask Alison I guess find out what her plans are for the future but it's going to be really exciting I have already got my design down I know what it's going to look like I know what yarn it's going to be I know what colour it is I know everything about it I just haven't made it yet
0: Oh how exciting! Oh, it's wonderful as a, you know, as as a crocheter to know that there's. I mean, we 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 are blessed with with lovely magazines, with so much on the internet that we can access. But to have a really nice, top quality, high end magazine exactly ...would be a real there is real room for blessing. it. Definitely,
1: there is there is there's room for it. It's, it's not to disparage any of the other magazines that are out there because they all have a place. Um, I love like I love working with Inside Crochet, for example. I think it's a fabulous magazine. I've worked with the other magazines too and always, you know, had a great experience. Um but there is room for this and I am so excited. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How wonderful. Now, aside from that, what does the future hold for you as a crochet designer? Have you got anything <laughs> that you can maybe I know everything's got to be hush, hush and top secret when yeah. we have got things in the pipeline, but what can we look forward to?
1: Um, I mean, I have ideas and I have things sort of that are in the pipeline, I guess, but I don't want to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> um But for the most part, more of the same, because I love what I do. I mean, there was a point where I just thought, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do next? (laughs) You know, (laughs) uh, because I felt like I'd sort of been there, done that, achieved it. And then also, you know, it's not just me that moves on. Other people move on as well. So at some stage, the magazines will go, oh, hang on a minute. I think you've had your turn. Can you let somebody else have a go now, please? So, you know, their tastes will change and they'll go, right, no, your old hat now. Off you, Trot. (laughs) So, yeah, I will have to come up with some with some new ideas. <laughs> but I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs>
0: no, I didn't think you would, but it was worth a try. <laughs> <laughs> now, and I can't let you go without asking you about your your name of your blog and your vlog and everything. Zines and yeah. Roger. And I know. What's the story behind it?
1: Oh, it's, it's not that interesting, really. It's just, I, I know sometimes people just think it's, it's actually all one word, like it's, don't know, they don't know its meaning at all, but it's just like, you know, it's Zines and Roger, and they're two names, <laughs> um, and they are both my nicknames, essentially. So we have Zines, which is just basically a shortening of Rosina, so the middle bit is Zine, so I get called Zines. Um, That's probably the one I get called the most and then by a select few I am called Roger (laughs) and it's because I used to work in a cinema a long time ago and a lot of the people I worked with were they were guys and I had to have I had to be given an honorary boy's name and Roger was the name they chose (laughs) stupid it's ridiculous but unfortunately it's stuck (laughs) but I quite like it really it's funny so um yeah well um... if only I think it's and nobody can call me those names though this is really this is the my well I didn't really think about it because I'll get an email going hi zines I'm like no my name is Rosina thank you very much don't don't forget that so it's like you know it's a you you sort of earn the privilege to, to call me those things god that sounds ridiculous
0: <laughs> I wonder if those blokes in the cinema back then had any idea that the name would stick quite so much
1: <laughs> I don't know I mean yeah I've never forgotten them well I'm married to one of them
0: so <laughs> <laughs> oh that's brilliant oh. Yeah. oh well thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me I really appreciate it thank you for much it's been such fun oh good thanks again rosina for agreeing to speak to me for making stitches i really enjoyed chatting to you after all these years following your blog now if you would like to find out more about rosina's work you can find her on instagram and youtube as zines and roger and i'll include some links to her social media and blog in the show notes for this episode That's just about all I have for you this time, but before I go, did you know that in the past few days, Making Stitches has celebrated its first birthday? It was a project I thought about creating for a few years, but it took a pandemic and a global lockdown to give me the impetus I needed to get it started. Since April 2020, it's been listened to more than 12,000 times – and across five continents. Now, that's a figure that just blows my mind. Thank you so much to everybody who's listened for the support and encouragement over the past 12 months. Now, if you've enjoyed listening to this episode, please do share the podcast with your friends. And if you wouldn't mind rating and reviewing Making Stitches on your favourite podcast app, I'd be really grateful as it'll help more people find Making Stitches in future. And if you'd like to support Making Stitches in another way, perhaps you'd like to buy me a coffee through the Making Stitches Ko-fi page. Any funds raised this way will go towards the costs involved in creating and maintaining the podcast so I can build on the last year's work and continue with Making Stitches well into the future. Thanks again very much for listening. I'll be back again in two weeks' time with another inspiring maker story for you. Until then, keep safe and enjoy your crafting.